Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Opal, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Discover the all-new Opal Mocha, featuring Opal's iconic new signature visor, stunning Opal Pure Panel and a choice of petrol, diesel or fully electric. The new Opal Mocha is less normal, more Mocha. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. You're very welcome to Tuesday afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. I'll read a message I've got already. It says, Jerry, thank God for your show. It's a listener in Kells. The only thing that would put a smile in your face is late lunch in this depressing weather. <laughs> thank you so much. You've given us such a lift this afternoon. I really do appreciate your lovely, kind sentiments. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text if you want to get in touch with us in this, on the show this afternoon. And we have lots coming up. I, I will uh, highlight something for you. Declan Bailey, our IT man, is with us just after two. And I, I'm going to tell you this for, for sure. There's no need to worry about your luggage anymore, or there won't be when you listen to Declan, I promise you. Lost luggage shouldn't happen at all. And we're hearing the stories. What's going on with travel? Cancel flights, filthy Dublin airport, queues in the airport, and luggage being lost. Well, Declan's going to sort out the luggage thing for sure after two in the show. And more besides, you're two on Tuesday, uh, Diana Ross, my artist of the week, and lots more to come between now and 3.30. But we begin today on a, a serious note and a story that's captured the attention of the world emanating in America. You do know that the legally enshrined right to abortion in the USA ended last week. It was in place for 50 years since the Roe v. Wade case, overturned by the Supreme Court, who made their ruling last week. And already it looks like nearly half of the US states will ban abortion. Devastation on one side, joy on the other. And I'm delighted to say I'm joined by a young woman who's joined me on a number of occasions over the years on the show. Uh, She's out of the country at the moment, back in Baltimore in the USA, but she's over and back to Ireland. Dana Holloman, thank you for joining me this afternoon. Oh, thank you so much for having me back on today. It's a pleasure to be here. Dana, you're on the ground in the States and as a woman, as a mother, uh, you obviously have an opinion on what happened uh, with the Supreme Court uh, last week. What's what's your opinion on the whole thing? Uh, It's it's been quite chaotic um, since the decision has been made. But I have to say, um, as a woman, as a mother, um, as a daughter as a woman of faith. Um, I have to say, a lot of people aren't going to agree with me, but I'm actually um, delighted with the decision. Now, delighted because of my faith, 
not delighted because of so much um, chaos and everything that it's caused. It, it, a lot of states are saying that they're going to ban. That I do not know, and I hate the fact that, you know, some women that may um, make the des- decision to have abortion, it, it could be limited. But um, I, I personally think that it should have never went to a federal um, decision to a Supreme Court decision. It should be by state. Um, and, and that's the, the beauty of the United States, is that every state has its right to make decisions. And as a citizen, we vote in our governors or we vote in our, our senators. Um, so by state, you have some states that are very liberal, some that are very conservative, and those people that live in those states vote in who they want to make their laws, you know, to represent their laws. Mm. And so that, it, it goes back to the state to be able to decide which that state will represent the majority of those people, if that makes sense. Yes, no, um, I, I understand. It, yeah, and, and we grasp it too, that each state has its own legislature and it, it makes its own laws right. as well. And you come under the umbrella then of uh, the higher government, the United States of America. Just to come back to what you, to what you said there, um, um, abortion then you would say that it depends on the uh, the voters in the state what they decide who they elect and the laws they want enacted you're happy to see each state do its own thing i am i am because you have um a state like new york or california that is extremely liberal now i'm liberal but they are even more liberal than I am, <laughs> and I'm a very liberal person. Mm. But then you have states like South Carolina or Tennessee that are very, very conservative, and they're even more conservative than I am. I'm like right, I'm probably closer to the liberal side, but not as far as they are. I mean, some of those liberal states are so liberal that they're okay with abortion up to day day before birth. Now that's a that's a baby. Uh, I was I I was pregnant, and and you know mothers that have been pregnant before know that they feel fluttering and they feel movement within you know a, a few months of pregnancy. That is hard to to conceive in my head that somebody would uh, would would be okay with with abortion up to the day of you know day before birth. Mm, my God, um, that and, is. And, and, yeah, that is really it's hard. awful to contemplate. You know, no matter what side you, you stand on in this debate. But come back to the point. So you really will, you, you will see then, Dana, then a scenario that uh, say roughly half of the states ban it and the other half uh, abortion is allowed in. And then people, I take it, travel. You know, from one state to the other to, if they want to have an abortion. Right. I think that half the states are going to completely. Um, ban it. I think what they're going to do is put bans on, you know, they're going to put limitations to how the the how long, mm. um, because some states are fighting for up to day before, and a lot are saying, well, wait a second, once there's a heartbeat, we need to then cut it off there. So I think that's more of what most of the states are going to be. Now I can't speak for every state, but uh, I could I could see bans being put on limitations, and that's that's fair enough. You know, because every every state is going to look at it differently. Um, and, and personally, that's where it should be, is, is in the state's decisions. Um, 
that's I mean, I, I, that's strictly my opinion. Yeah. Um, and 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 I, I mean, it's not ever going to be completely um, stopped. And and going state to state is is not all. You know, I guess for for some that it, it would be hard. You know, traveling. Mm. Um, I don't know. I, I suppose because of my viewpoint of abortion, I I, I think that a lot of times. Abortions being used as contraception. Now, that's not that's not right either. Um, for the the rare case that maybe on a medical term or um, on the case of a rape, something like that, that's fair enough. But I think that most states are going to to only put limitations on when they can go get. An abortion. You, you know, I, I I hear what you're saying, but you know, in 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 fairness to the to the other side, people who would be you know who'd want to see the status quo remain, they would say, you know what I mean, that nobody you know um, has an abortion lightly. Uh, you know, when you mention contraception, I'm sure that would be disagreed with totally. And you you have touched on the right. cases of rape incest uh maybe the uh the the uh the child themselves the the health of the mother that there are circumstances too you understand that oh absolutely and i and in certain circumstances i actually agree with it i'm not to, you know i wouldn't i wouldn't be against you know someone having to go um because they were raped now in in saying that if they were raped, they should be going straight to a doctor to get it sorted out. Um, once you wait a few weeks and or a few months, then I don't agree with it then, mm. um, because you know, take you know, straight away. I mean, you can get uh, you know a pill to to stop any you know conception. So um, I, I would be very limited on what I agree with because once there's a heartbeat, there's a baby. And I can't agree with 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 um, taking the life of it. Now, if it, the only other circumstance would be if it's a life between, and I've seen this happen. I haven't been, you know, a part of it or anything, but I have seen it happen where medically, it's choosing between the baby or the my life, the life of the mother. Yes. Now that that's not a common thing, but it ha- it does happen. And in that case, unfortunately, you know, I think. That you have to, you know, you have to make that decision, um, and that's fair enough. But in most cases, um, I can't agree with it. So it doesn't he, say that I would be against. You know, I would yes. still love them. No, I hear, and, and I, I even <laughs> hear in what you're saying, it is a huge question for anybody to rationalise. Really you know, as human beings to rationalise. This is a huge uh, question altogether. And you, I have to say here, sitting in the middle, on either side, you can understand. You know that with this decision in the states uh, in recent days. As I mentioned in the introduction, there there's unbridled joy on one side and devastation on the other, and and I'm sure you can see that on the ground there as well. I do, I do, and I can I can see it, I can feel it. Um, but like I said at the beginning, it should have never went to a federal um, federal court. That would be like this. Let me let me put it in in this terms. If if Ireland was to choose for all of Europe. Mm. Or if um, Europe, you know, some, you know, say 
the Queen or, you know, go say England made a law that all of Europe, including Ireland, was not allowed to, you know, it, it, they had to or they were not allowed to cause abortion. I mean, you you would be very upset if somebody limited the Republic of Ireland to say they could or could not. And that's the same as um, the states. You have so many states and in for one one small body to represent and say this is what every state has to do that's 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 a hard one to kind of swallow it should be individualized just like in Europe every country gets to decide what they're going to do and we decided make- yes and I uh, know I understand what you're saying and I can see it well, we're under the umbrella of Europe we were out of step on this for a long long time we changed the law here right. ourselves the people changed right. the law they made the decision by majority right. and uh, there was a big change here in this country and um, look right. W- right. W- when, you, when, you, when, you, when you look at the overall situation of your homeland and you see this is a, a major issue at the minute you know the gun uh, situation, uh, the Supreme Court ruled on that last week and the the whole thing of the mass shootings that's going on at the moment and not being able to gri- get to grips with gun law, the split between Republicans and Democrats, state-wise, as you say there. Are you worried as, as, a, as a child of the United States where the country's headed? I am, yes. And every day I say, why did I leave Ireland? Um, because it's, it's such chaos. Um, the, the gun, the gun thing, I, I like, the gun thing is hard to get your head wrapped around. Um, even though there's mass shootings and, and personally, um, I don't own a gun. I don't like a gun. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's necessary to have a gun. And even if I had a gun, I probably, be, I couldn't shoot someone, you know, that's just my, me. I don't like it. Um, but do I mind that others do have a gun? I don't, I don't mind that. Um, I think that the problem is not so much the gun. It's the mental health and, and trying to get help for mental health, um, those that are suffering. Um, and that's hard to say when you keep hearing about mass shootings. But the truth is, this country is so full of hate right now. And both sides are in the wrong, whether you're Republican or Democrat, both are in the wrong. Both are, are just looking at a, the I call it a selfish bubble. And they're just kind of walking through saying, what do I want? And instead of coming together and sharing love and being able to kind of compromise with one another, um, it, it's, it's very much so that if I don't agree with you, then I must hate you. And that's not the case at all. It's it's they've lost respect for one another, and and this is including the church. Unfortunately, you know when you when you look at at God or you look at Christians, um, I can't even agree with a lot of what they're doing and how they're handling things because the God I serve and the God that that I love is a God of love and and of caring and of kindness and of patience. And we're not seeing any of that here. And that is, it's, it's unfortunate. And it is very, very scary, to be honest. Um, because, you know, where are we headed? Where, you know, how are we ever going to get through it? Um, the, the race, you know, racial issues, gun issues. It, it's just, it, it seems like it's just a big 
snowball that is just getting bigger and bigger. Mm, it certainly is. And from this side, on the outside, looking in there, that's how it comes across exactly as you describe it as well. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't mention, of course, the race issue is, is always there. Um, as somebody who has great faith I know this sounds like despair all these words coming from you is there any hope have you hope absolutely there's always hope you see when you serve when you when when you love a God that I love um, God there's always hope that's what God is that's who God is, is is a God of hope and so there's always hope you know and and I think that it's one day at a time and being able to say, um, I'm, t- I'm taking it one day at a time. And I, you know, who can I help today? When I wake up in the morning, I'm like, right, who can I help today? What, you know, put people in my path. I hope that, you know, there's people in my path that I can share a little bit of love with. And it's just kind of saying, if I can make a difference and, you know, I, um, I still, you know, I'm a youth pastor. So if I can teach them to make a difference and together, you know, maybe, we can, you know, make a another snowball to counteract, you know what I mean, and and share that. And, and it's just kind of even being able to go to different churches and go to different places and just, you know, kind of share that kind of love. Um, it, mm. There's always hope, you know, well, even in a hopeless situation, there's always hope. And let's leave it with that thought today, uh, because the polarisation on a range of issues is just horrendous. And we've got to consider the other person, listen and not dismiss everything or hate everything. That has to end it. It really, Absolutely. really has to. Anyway, Dana, uh, we'll see you back in Ireland. I know you're over and back. Thank you for taking the call from the States today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Not at all. Take care of yourself. Lovely to talk. That's Dana Holloman there who is uh, in Baltimore, Maryland at the moment, but uh, a big part of the Northeast community here as a youth worker, etc., for the last number of years. And she's over and back at the minute. Isn't it interesting to hear what she has to say? Uh, her views and understanding and the way she sees it on a state-by-state basis. She's... Uh, someone from the United States and that's her feelings I'm sure there's a different viewpoint indeed if you have anything to say always love to hear from you yes Declan Bailey will be with us shortly no need to worry about your luggage anymore we're going to sort it out for you your luggage can't be lost honestly I promise you Declan talking to us after 2 o'clock our IT man we have your 2 on Tuesday as well coming in the next half hour my God, where is the summer, I have to say. Where is our summer? What's gone wrong? It's the worst summer in a long time, I have to say. Although I I will give it a little credit, the last couple of weeks, each evening got nice as the day went on. Woke this morning, monsoon, wind. It's like late autumn, never mind uh, this late day in June. Fingers crossed that we'll get a good spell coming into July and August and into the autumn. We need it. And they're only off school. I can imagine parents today tearing their hair out that they can't even get outdoors and play. It's the day for the indoor games, isn't it? Remember the little table tennis tables we used to put up in the kitchen with the little net and it driving me mother mad that there wasn't room to swing a cat in her house and table tennis was being played like it was the Olympics. Oh yeah, it's your job as a kid. That's a kid. That I, I'm a kid. That's my job on a wet day you just well it's just one of those things we have to do and get on with please god it'll be drier tomorrow and they'll all be outdoors and all be hunky dory in life 086 1800 658 by whatsapp or text keep the chin up the good weather's on the way and on the way on your late lunch it's the cranberries to news and weather at two
you certainly have to ask yourself the question, don't you? Who would want to travel? Of course, we all want to get away. It's been a long time for many people who haven't enjoyed flying yet out to some foreign land. But when you hear of the queues and look at the queues, that's the first thing in Dublin Airport we were talking about on late lunch last week. The rubbish and dirt around the airport, the toilets not being cleaned. What an image for uh, visitors to our country and having to use those facilities on your way out. You'd be glad to get on a plane, wouldn't you, and get away. Flights being cancelled, more bad news. But the other thing that's uh, come to the fore is the issue with luggage and lost luggage that's affected quite a lot of people. Well, it doesn't have to happen. It really doesn't. And Declan Bailey from Business Tech Help is on the line. Hello again, Declan. Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm really, really good. Well, first of all, before you tell us about the solution, you and I have been talking earlier today. My God, you sent me some stories. This guy, Shane Miller, just give a, a, brief, a brief synopsis to listeners. What happened this fella? So again, Shane Miller was actually in Melbourne, Australia, and mm. he took a trip somewhere in Europe, came back to Melbourne, and of course his bag didn't land back with him. So he went off and tried to contact the airline about the bag with no success. He might have got an answering machine, but nobody was getting back to him. But he had what I'm going to tell you to get, activated. And he knew exactly where his bag was. So his bag was actually in the airport, but he couldn't get anyone to just raise and say, yes, we have the bag, come and pick it up. So eventually, after seven days, he got sick of it. And he went to the airport himself and said, look, I know my bag is here in the airport. Here it is on my phone. I'll go and find it myself. A bit of security issues, but... They knew exactly now, this guy knows what the bag is. So he, let, he led them to the bag. So he knew where it was, even though he's been, he was being led a merry dance all around mm. the world. And it was <laughs> where exactly he knew it was. What about the Avios adventurer and Aer Lingus, his story? Yeah, he, now, again, this is ridiculous. He had three bags lost from Aer Lingus. He went from Frankfurt to Dublin and then on to London. And... This is the whole thing about, you know, stress levels when you're traveling anywhere. So you hand over your bags, and especially if the airport is mad busy, you know yourself, you look at all these people, you look at all the bags going, God knows where, and you're thinking, well, I hope this bag now lands back home with me. Mm. So he lost three bags. Two bags were returned after a couple of days. Then he got into this tit-tat with Aer Lingus. Aer Lingus was saying, oh, your bag is here, your bag is there. He, again, knew exactly where his bags were, and he proceeded to tell Aer Lingus where they were. They didn't want to know mm. this they just said, oh, no, it's here, it's there. He said, it's not. I know exactly where it is. So eventually he got talking to somebody who, you know, were, were willing to deal with him. And again, he said, look, I can show you. I'll send you a screenshot now of where my bag is. Sent that. And your man said, no, it's in somewhere else. He said, look, it's there. I know it's there. So he went to the address himself. This address now wasn't even... A, a hub for Aer Lingus. It was just a, like a house address, a street address. Mm. But that's where the bag was showing up. So eventually they picked the bag up from there. But the frustration for him after yes. a week of, you know, just no contact, couldn't get anybody to listen to him. But he knew exactly where the bag was. But you can imagine if he didn't know, mm. would he ever have seen the bag again? Probably not, Declan. And these are only two examples of many stories. I know of a woman a month ago and she's still looking for a bag. I know a friend of mine who, uh, I, I, I'm not, I shouldn't laugh at this, went no. out on holidays, 
and nothing arrived for four days. Oh, my God. She's only out there for a week, you know what I mean, and, and nothing arrived. Anyway, there is a very simple solution that all of us can put into effect and you won't lose your bag. Tell us about it. So when you think of it again, as I say, the stress, you drop your bags at the airport and you're hoping they're going to get there to your destination Mm. or you're hoping you come back home, they're going to get home. So for 35 euros, like 35 euros to stop all that stress. Now, this isn't going to stop your bags from being lost effectively. But we're saying lost in inverted commas because it essentially isn't lost. You know exactly where it is. Mm. It's the Apple AirTag. So you buy this, 35 euros. It's the size of a two euro coin. You activate it with your phone and you throw it into your luggage. End of. That's all you have to do. Nothing else. So then you land somewhere, like your friend landed on the holidays, and the bag isn't there. You can pull out your phone and tell them exactly where your bag is, as opposed to them telling you, because invariably, in fairness to customer care, you know, they don't know. They're dealing with so many bags. They just want to get you off their back. So they're going to say, oh, yeah, it's in such and such a hub and it'll be on the next plane, whatever I might say. But do you be able to show them exactly on your phone? I can see it sitting here still, for argument's sake, in Dublin Airport. It hasn't left Dublin Airport. Mm. That, that control that you have, that you're not sitting down wondering, well, where is the bag? Yes. Hopefully now they're telling me well, we should have it this evening. And again, like your friend, four days mm. of not knowing exactly what was going on. Plus as well, Jerry, if the bag did land in his destination airport the next day, and just because of they're under so much pressure, they didn't get to his for three more days, he can tell them the next day, I know it's in, for argument's sake, Alicante Airport. I'll go and pick it up myself. I know it's landed there. So this is simple. An AirTag, 35 euro with your iPhone and you're sorted. You know where your bag is at any stage. How does it work? You were you were explaining to me about, you know, uh, iPhones being in the vicinity of where your bag is. Will you explain that, please? So that's the beauty about this system, because at the end of the day, as I say, it's a little size of a two euro coin. There's a, a remote control battery in it that lasts a year. Now, I have it in my uh, car because, again, this will track anything. If somebody steals my car, I know exactly where it is. And my, I set that up about a year and a half ago, and there's still 50% left in the battery. So it's a great life in the battery. Mm. Once you activate it, it connects with your Find My application on the phone. So you can find my friends, you can find devices, other things. But it connects with that. And that utilises the Find My whole application that everybody has on their phones. So for argument's sake, if the bag is stuck in a press somewhere in an airport, if somebody walks by, so within, let's say, 50 foot of that AirTag, the AirTag will ping off their iPhone Mm. and ping back to you the location. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, it's incredible. It is incredible. Plus as well, when you think of it, if, and this is one of the big things that they launched with initially, you lose your car keys, you can touch your car keys, and car keys are in your house, but you're where are they in the house? Yes. In the back of a sofa, wherever it is, like, yeah. you can then pull this out and you can ping the car keys, <laughs> so the actual device will make a sound. So isn't, that's the other thing. Isn't so the argument's sake, like if you go into an airport and you say, I know my bag is within those 60 bags there, and you just activate the sound and it starts pinging, so the bag starts making noise. Plus, if you have it set up properly, you can put it into lost mode. So now the AirTag knows that the item it's attached to is lost. So it keeps on trying to find itself to ping you back the information 
but also you can set up a message on it. So not just iPhone users, let's say somebody found your bag, and once they have any smartphone that is NFC, they can just hover their phone over the bag, a message will pop up to say, this is Jerry Kelly's bag, please call such and such a number. Brilliant. And, and, and it brings you into that proximity of the bag. Yeah, once you, once you have, let's say, again, you're in the airport and you see all these bags, you can activate precision finding. So, again, on your iPhone, it yeah. will tell you what direction to go in to find the bag. I'm just sitting here thinking I need about 10 of them in my life now for all the things I'm continually losing. <laughs> <laughs> like, Jerry, this the whole thing about it is you want less stress in your life. Yeah. And, like, you know, people are paying 35 euros a week in coffee. Mm. Like, for 35 euros, to buy this device, it's going to last, the battery's going to last, let's say, two years, to throw it into a bag when you're going away on holidays. And Brilliant. that stops that stress. Why wouldn't you do it? Well, here's one that's doing it for sure. And I promise you that after you explaining it to me today, I have to say, AirTag. What about other Androids? Is there anything similar? Yes, there's tiles. It's a small little device as well. Um, I think it's around the same kind of money. And it does the exact same kind of thing. Not as... Because iPhone is you know, such a popular device and it, it has that Find My application, yep. it's much easier to locate something because it's using that whole ecosystem of Find My with everybody's iPhone. The Android system doesn't have that, but the tiles, yeah, it does more or less the same job, but just not as good as the Find My with yes. the AirTag. But it is available to Androids to emphasise. Mm-hmm. So, folks, no more lost luggage put out the few pounds. It is only a few coffees in the week when you add it up and yeah. it, you have it for good and the battery life is tremendous in it as well. Um, and, and as I say, Jerry, anything, yeah. absolutely anything. Like I have a friend who spent 1,500 euros on an electric bike there last year. Yes. 1,500 euros. And he brings that bike everywhere. He leaves the park outside and you know yourself, okay, you lock it. But if somebody wants to steal a 1,500 euro bike, they're stealing the bike regardless of what kind of lock is on it. So he has that AirTag now. I won't tell you where it is. Yes, don't say. on the bike. Yes. And now he has full control of the bike. Mm. So if anybody steals it, he walks outside, the bike is gone, he whips out his phone, he rings the police and says, my bike is now at such and such a house in such and such a place. Isn't that brilliant? Isn't it? The the, uh, range of applications is unending for this. It's unending. Mm. For anything that you value that might be stolen, it's well worth considering this. It it really is. Mm. Uh, Just before you leave us, one other thing uh, that caught my attention today and while you're on with me, the inventor of the uh, mobile phone, Martin Mm. Marty Cooper, is all over the place today uh, because of the BBC actually speaking to him uh, about, you know, screen time or people are spending mm, yeah. on their phones and Marty the inventor who invented it in 1973 with Motorola is saying we're spending too much time on the phone we need to, to cut down on it now Declan um, our Louise has this mm. activated on our phone and I did it today so if mm. you want to check your screen time just tell listeners how you set that up so basically there is a setting on the phone that lets you set all this up yep. but the other thing as well is that you need to, like, there's no point in setting these things up if you're not going to look at them. Okay. The whole thing about this is, is learning what you're actually doing. So if you are on social media, or as far as you think, you know, oh, I'd be only on a 10 to 15 minutes a day, to be able to go into something, and if for it to show you 
how long you actually are on social media. Mm. So when you go into your phone in the settings, you'll see screen time, click on that. Yep. If it's not activated, just turn it on, but it should be activated by default. But if it's not, just turn it on. And there you'll see your daily average straight away. Mm. That's the first thing you see. So I'm looking at my daily average now, but yesterday was 50 minutes. Right. And I'm thinking, 50 minutes? Surely be to God it wasn't 50 minutes. Like 50 minutes is, let's say, an hour. Yeah. It was an hour on the phone. It is just incredible to see it. Declan, Declan, I have bad news for you. I set this up mid-morning and it's telling me already uh, and I can't go back. It's from you set it up. I've spent an hour and nine minutes on it already from mid-morning this morning. Louise, come on. Louise is looking at her phone there. She has it set up. Uh, Tell the truth and shame the devil. (laughs) Today so far, um, I was laughing. I was laughing, Declan. You're funny. Um, 50 minutes. Yesterday, I spent four hours and 30 minutes on my phone. Yeah, I spent I spent need. nearly two hours on Facebook. <laughs> and that's not, I like, know. I can go back on my phone. And last Wednesday, I spent, oh, I, I don't know how, I don't know how this happened. Seven hours, 27 minutes on my phone. Declan. Oh, my God. Declan, we need help. <laughs> yeah, you definitely need to see someone, Louise, before this takes over your whole life. I better not ring somebody. I'd be adding to my screen time. <laughs> <laughs> but that would just show you it is scary isn't it yes yeah but this screen time also like it takes in all use it doesn't just take screen yeah. time it takes phone phone no, time as well everything, yeah. everything. Yes. and the, whatever apps you're using it'll show you it'll break it down mm. yeah. the apps so it is incredible to see actually what you do look at yes so you know Facebook this. is my main one <laughs> How did Declan just deleted away your life has changed? (laughs) Declan, Declan, will you congratulate me that I even get a word in edgeways with her? (laughs) Aren't I good? Aren't I really good when I think about it? How do I manage to attract her attention at all? I just say yes, no, I don't really listen to you, Jerry. I know. I'm I'm too engrossed in my screens. (laughs) I know. Yeah. I know. You need a detox now, (laughs) I do, don't I? Mm, You definitely do. She she (laughs) certainly does, Declan, but it does. It brings it home to you like on a serious note and that's what he was talking about today you know he was just saying you know to to the reporter she was similar to Louise I think one day last week over six hours and he says get a life will you come on it's too much time on it but it is worth setting it up and it is worth uh, keeping as you say keep it tracking and just keep an eye and it will bring it home to you uh, what we're using anyway Declan fantastic (laughs) I'll befriend you on Facebook Declan (laughs) (laughs) we talk loads (laughs) Declan you're great I thank you always for joining us on the show and, that, and that's fantastic uh, about the luggage so it is and uh, we can manage our screen time I'll keep an eye on it for sure anyway until the next yeah. time thanks a million Declan Right, Jerry, mind yourself. Take Bye-bye. care. Declan Bailey there from businesstechhelp.net. Check him out. He's a wonderful guy. He's there to help you as an individual or a business. Businesstechhelp.net is Declan Bailey's contact details. Now it's time for your two on Tuesday. And my song today was released on the 17th of April 1972. The lead single from the album Hunky Chateau by the one and only Mr. Elton John. It reached number six in the USA, number two in the UK. For you today, you're two on Tuesday. It's Rocket Man. She packed my bags last night, free flight. Zero hour, 9 a.m. And I'm gonna be high As a kite by then
Two on Tuesday on Late Lunch Elton John and Rocket Man A song dedicated to Kim Yon Un In North Korea by Mr Donald Trump I think at one stage when he uh, christened him with that name A little aside there Anyway, it was a slow burner that song on the charts Released in April uh, April the 17th, 72 But it didn't make number two until the 28th of May It took its time to go up the charts Even though it's regarded as a classic today Never made number one so what kept it off number one? Well, it was a song that spent four weeks at number one around that time, written by Mark Bolin, the fourth and final number one from T-Rex. Here it is. I can still see Mark Bolin on top of the pops performing that one. Four weeks at number one, the fourth number one for T-Rex, and it would be the last. Mark Bolin tragically killed in a car accident after that time. Well, Louise, you're from a different generation. Which one for you? Should the two have been one? What do you think? I like number three. (laughs) (laughs) You're sitting on the fence. No, I'm not mad about any of... Like, I'd go with Rocketman of the two, but I can understand why it didn't make number one. Yeah. I like the new, the remix of it. Yes, and there Mm, is a fine remix of it. But uh, amazing to think. Elton struggled to get number ones. It it, it was years and years before he had a solo number one. He did have a a duet with Kiki D, Don't Mm -hmm. Go Breaking My Heart. And that was his first number one, but not alone. But it was years later he actually had a a number one. But Mark Boland and T-Rex, Louise, at that time were huge. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? That was the fourth number one. What was the other T-Rex song that everyone Oh my God, She Likes to Boogie. You know that one as well, no? Was there one off an ad? Ah, there's another one. There's two others. For Levi's or something? Think? No, possibly, but she likes to boogie. I remember that one well for sure. But they were the the, the flavor of the moment at that time, mm. so they were. And uh, number one, it was there. Well, there you have it the two and the one on your late lunch this Tuesday <laughs> afternoon. And Louise likes the number three. I'll have to look that up to see <laughs> what was number three. I'll go on on your screen there. She might yeah, just spend another, you might just spend another few minutes considering <laughs> you're spending seven hours plus a day. Oh my god, I can't believe that. I'm going to look for breakdown on that. I must have left the phone running. Declan or Bailey's been back onto me on my screen. 
time to say he's inquiring <laughs> where you can get help. Up <laughs> next, it keeps me quiet. <laughs> it does for sure for about like five minutes. Rattle. For about five minutes at a go. Uh, up next on late lunch, Anne Burns joins us. She is a polio survivor, and she tells her story to me next. The hot love. Get It On, Telegram Sam and Metal Guru, the one we played with the four number ones uh, that T-Rex had. And another listener on there to say they love 20th Century Boy. I think among those were one of the songs you're thinking of, Louise, that was part of a TV ad. Now, we move on on late lunch and there's no doubt uh, the COVID-19 pandemic, which still rages on, uh, has renewed interest in pandemics, epidemics and disease eradication. Now, polio is a disease of the past, but there are polio survivors still dealing with the fallout from it. A vaccination was a huge help. And because of all the interest lately, a, a book has been republished. It's called Polio and Us. And one of the contributors is from Drogheda. She's Anne Barnes and she's on the line. Hello, Anne. Hello. Hello, Jerry. Good afternoon. Thank I enjoyed you. Elton John. Thank you. <laughs> there you are. You're with Louise. I'm, I'm in a minority of one with T-Rex, but there you are. I know Elton John's yeah. song is lovely, isn't it? It really is. Rocket yeah. Man is yeah. a, a beautiful Hello. song. Thank you for the, for the kind words. Well, listen, welcome to the show. And as I said there, mm-hmm. with the pandemic and all that goes on with it, uh, you're back in focus again. Will you just tell, yeah. tell our listeners, at what age or how did you contract polio? Uh, I contracted polio in November 1953. I was 17 months old. Uh, I was living in Drogheda then and uh, it would have been a fever and I believe I wasn't able to, to stand in the cot. I think that's how something was noticed to be wrong. And the GP uh, called an ambulance, obviously. I was sent to the fever hospital in Dundalk and I spent about three weeks there I believe, and I was transferred then to St. Mary's Kappa. That was an orthopaedic hospital then for children. Mm. And I spent roughly about a year there. I don't have a lot of memory of my time in Kappa because I was very young. And uh, I was then transferred in, that would be 54, uh, 53, 54. I was then transferred to the orthopaedic hospital in Baldoyle. And I was there until early 1958. And I have um, a bit of memory of that. And there's a photograph of me in the book mm. when I was in Baldoyle. Mm, I see you. I'm looking at you. Yeah. That's what I am. I'm looking yeah. at you. You're lovely. <laughs> but Gosh, yeah. You are. You really are. But my, when, when you think, my oh my, of your early formative years, most of them yes. were spent in hospital. Yes, they were. Yes, yes. Um uh, I don't remember any earlier, obviously, than yeah. 17 months. And uh, I was I was continuously in hospital until January 1958. I believe I got home for my fifth birthday in June 1957. Mm. I got home just for the day, up and down to Drogheda for the day. Mm. And then I was discharged then in early 58. So... So by and large, um, I would see I would see my parents perhaps every couple of weeks, but a lot of children saw nobody because they lived far and wide around the country, and the parents couldn't afford travel hmm. that time. When you think uh, of it, when you think yeah. of it, Anne, the poor. Yes, it, it poor was children. lonely. It was lonely, mm. and that yes, and and basically, uh, even though I knew my brother and sister. 
I really didn't know them. Yeah. If you follow me, if you understand me. Yes, yes. I knew who they were, but I really didn't know them in, in the same way any other family would at the time. And and as you say, for parents and at the time mm-hmm. and with transport links yes. so primitive and that, and it wasn't yes. possible for, for people to visit. So you no. had to, you know, g- get on with yourself. Now, you yeah. were young and, and young children are resilient and you move on from yeah. it. Do you ever feel that it, it left a mark? You know, you mentioned that you knew your brother and sister, but in a different type of way. Uh, it did. It took a while to, to adjust after um, I got home. It took a while, all right, to adjust. I... I started school fairly quickly in the presentation mm. and uh, I I, um, I enjoyed school, I have to say. And uh, but because I had surgeries, I did miss school as well. Mm. Uh, I missed um, school for um, four or five months, maybe at a time when I was in fifth class. And again, when I was in the intercert class in secondary school, I missed most of that year because I, I was having surgeries. So polio continued to have a major yeah. effect on your life right through. W- w- what, you know, in terms of physically, uh, did it do uh, to you or has it, uh, has it been? Yeah, well, I, ha- I, I always had um, a very weak right leg and, and uh, a very thin right leg. Mm. And uh, so I could never play games. I couldn't play with the other children in the normal way. And I never cycled. Uh, I could never run, obviously. And uh, I I walked with a caliper until I was 16. Mm. And uh, which was then called a steel. And uh, that was a leg splint, a full length leg splint. And then uh, I was able to discard that then, which was brilliant. And uh, live life normally. And then... Um, the late effects of polio, unfortunately, came on then, and that's uh, where one suffers from muscle weakness and uh, also tiredness, fatigue. And uh, I then had to go back and wear the caliper again. That happened around 2004. Right. Uh, and, and is it true you're you're a big uh, participant in in the women's mini marathon? Yes, that's it. Didn't stop you there. <laughs> It didn't, but I didn't do it in the normal way I know. that one would do it in one go. I did it in roughly 10 days. I, I might have missed a day here or there, yes. but I did it roughly in 10 days mm. in, in the Drogheda area. I understand. And but I enjoyed I enjoyed it, yes. Yes, yes. you but did, I did it. it in, I yeah. did it in my own time, as one said, and at my own on pace. Frank Sinatra, my way, and that's what yeah. Anne did. And you did it, and that's the thing, you did, and you yeah. were determined to do it, and it came under the auspices of, of the Marathon too. And congratulations to you on that, because it, it took a lot, lot of doing, I know that. Now, in the context of polio, we do know a vaccine changed the path of, of, yeah. of this uh, disease. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, in the late 50s and into the 60s, uh, there was still some polio, but it, it basically eradicated polio. Mm. And uh, it was absolutely, you know, brilliant, fantastic. And now around the world, there's only a small incidence of polio in Pakistan and Afghanistan. Mm. It's very little. 
but with the latest news in London, one has to be on one's guard. Yes, and and that is a, a point to make and keep in mind yeah. that you know you've always okay. we've got to be vigilant. We've got to keep the yeah. the 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 foot on the neck of this thing uh, through vaccination uh, because if that yeah. doesn't happen, well, you know the implications are there for all Very to see. Yes, very serious, and uh, it, it's a lifetime illness if somebody if somebody ha- happens to contract it. It's, mm. a, it's basically a lifetime, and uh, just it can be basically simply avoided. Yes, with vaccine. That's mm. that would be my story, you know. And even though it's uh, many moons ago, there are still yeah. quite a number of survivors who are dealing with the fallout from this. Yes, it, it's reckoned there are about. 5,000 survivors, uh, roughly 1,000 are members of the organisation Polio Survivors Ireland, which is a fantastic organisation. For a small organisation, it, look, it looks after various needs uh, of its members and survivors generally. And it's, it is absolutely a fantastic organisation. They provide um, items like aids and appliances, calipers, motorised Mm. Scooters, wheelchairs, bespoke shoes, shoes you're talking about, you could be talking about special shoes, yeah. um, eight, seven, eight hundred pound even, mm. uh, sorry, euro, yes, you <laughs> should be talking about, but you're talking about very expensive, and mm. um, orthotics and that are very expensive. Mm. But um, in, in a way, you know, the pandemic and this uh, COVID-19 has yeah. brought you back into focus and the republication yeah. of uh, uh, the yeah. book, Polio and Us. It, yeah. Here you are again, you're, you're getting another round mm-hmm. on it. Uh, and it's yeah. a book that brings home the message. You're one of quite a number of people who've contributed to that book and tell yeah. their own individual stories. In terms of vaccination, yeah. you've heard uh, the debate raging since uh, vaccines were developed for yeah. COVID-19. I, I take it you took your vaccine. I've taken all the vaccines, every one of them, and uh, nothing would would stop me uh, having had polio. Absolutely nothing in this world would stop me from having it. Um, uh, It mightn't prevent one from getting COVID, but I feel myself I haven't had the worst effects of Mm. COVID. Mm. And uh, I think it's absolutely... um, I think it's necessary for people to to have the COVID vaccine. And also polio, when there was polio epidemics, um, places like schools were closed, uh, venues were cancelled for whatever, uh, GAA was, uh, swimming pools were closed. So so there was, there's there's a certain, um, what we say, parallel. Deja vu. Yes. Yes, to what happened then and what has happened now with COVID, yeah. Mm, certainly, yes. certainly is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, you're living life to the full and getting on with it and uh, wake yes. up every day and just do what yes. needs doing, Anne. Exactly, exactly. And if anybody is listening, um, could I give a um, website yes, and please. phone number for the polio organisation? Yes, please. Uh, the website is www.polio.ie and uh, email info at polio.ie and phone number 018 That is 
fantastic. All the information is there. And as you said, there are a thousand people engaging with the organisation, but it's believed there's another 4,000 out there. And if you feel you're somebody who could benefit or needs to talk to somebody or anything at all that's on your mind, if you're a a polio, a person who's had polio. They offer other services as well. Yes such as uh, listening ear counselling as well. So it's not just I know. Uh, aids and appliances. And no, that, no, it's, a, it's across the board. Yeah. It certainly is. Absolutely, yes, yes. Very wide-ranging. Thank you for joining yeah. me on the show today and telling your story. Not at all. You're very welcome. Thank you, Jerry. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's Anne Barnes there. Wonderful lady. Polio.ie, info at polio.ie if you want to get in touch with them. You're at Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. My artist of the week, Diana Ross, is coming up after three. And Fred's head is bare. You better stay with us if you want to find out what it's all about. Moraine and Brendan have been on to us to send their best wishes to Anne Barnes. Tell us she's a fantastic lady. She is indeed. Now, Louise, we were talking to Declan Bailey about the luggage and more besides. Let's start with the luggage. John's been on to say there's a simple solution to not losing your luggage, Jerry. Don't bring any with you. Now, look, John, that, John, look, if you're, Louise, that's all right saying if you're going on a day trip or something over and back. But if you're no, going for a week in the sun or holidays anywhere, John, John, come on. What or are you going to do? a woman is going on a day trip, <laughs> I still well, that, need their luggage. That could be a different story. But I will tell you that a famous gentleman in LMFM radio called Mr. Frank Winters, <laughs> and we want to say hello to him today, when a group of us went to London, arranged by Mr. Adrian Taff, which I told you the story before, we, we, we all slept in a, in a mortuary. Yes, we slept in a mortuary, thanks to Mr. A- Adrian Taff. Anyway, Frank did what John said. Now, we were staying overnight, but Frank had nothing with him. No, no, I'm wrong. He had something with him. He brought his toothbrush in his pocket. (laughs) That's all he had with him for the trip. Mr. Frank Winters. Toothbrush Frank, as he became known as afterwards. So, John, Frank is on the same, uh, singing off the same hymn sheet as yourself. Veronica's been on to us, well, on to you, Louise, to say, I've just disabled Facebook. Why? (laughs) After she must be worse than me. <laughs> she must be worse. Or she must be worse. But did you know, here's something for you. In this world of ours, 6.5 billion people have mobile phones or cell phones, whatever you want. 6.5 billion, Louise, which is 84% of the world population have a phone. And the other... F- the other percentage are all under are one. All the others are happy. <laughs> They're all under one. They're happy out. All the others are really happy. But the future of this, Louise, is fascinating because I was listening to Marty Cooper. He's 93 now, the man um. who invented it and made the first phone call in 1973 in New York City. It took 10 years to 1983, actually, before it was actually commercialised to sell and show them like bricks. You've seen mm. the pictures of them yourself. But uh, he said, he said, I listened to him today saying that in the future, you know the way when you get a PPS number in this country or a social services yeah, number, you probably get an birth. identifier in most countries in the world. He says at birth in the future, you'll have a mobile phone number. It'll be given to you when you're, when you're born. Oh and my. That, that number will be yours your lifetime and will manage your health and everything like that. He sees this as the next generation mm. development for good. And he does see the, the ills of mobiles uh, or cell phones now, but he says it, it can be for the greater good. It was so fascinating listening to him. And for those who have dumb phones, you know, the dumb phones yes. that only make a call and do a few things. Text. There's a thing call, coming called a light phone, which will be similar to a dull phone, but will work on all the new 
4G, 5G, 6G, 7G networks are going to work. That's on the horizon as well. Interesting stuff mm. for the future for sure. And in the future on late lunch, we have Diana scary. Ross. It is. It is. It's scary and exciting at the same time. But, I have but to at say. birth, given a phone number yep. like that's yeah. Yep. That's what's coming. That's what's coming down the road. You get your number from your bar and a phone number. Just think about it. Anyway, in the future, late lunch, Diana Ross in words and song. And Fred Murray, the comb over is gone. He must be freezing at this stage. (laughs) (laughs) How is the head, Fred? Well, we're going to find out on late lunch after three. But taking us towards three. News, weather and sport. Never be suspicious of us. We call it as it is on your late lunch. It's the man himself. Mr. Stevie Wonder. Thanks, Mark, for getting in touch. Mark mentioning that uh, the police in the States had phones on their bikes in the 50s. And then he came back to me and said, actually, in the 40s. But the first cell phone call genuinely was made in 1973. Martin Marty Cooper changed the world in New York City. Cell phone technology. They made that first call in 73 and it didn't actually make it to market until 83, 10 years later. Actually, it was ATT, AT and T, should I say, that uh, were working away in it. But Motorola were the ones who made it there first with that phone. Thank you indeed. Nice to hear from you, Mark, this afternoon. Um, just reminding you on Thursday, Drawn District Chamber President Robert Murray is inviting local business owners and managers to join him for a short online discussion on how local businesses can work together to help improve the cleanliness of Drogheda's town centre. The event starts at 1.30 and if you're interested in participating you can contact brenda at or visit drogheda for more information. Anything that helps with the litter situation is indeed welcome. Now Diana Ross is my artist of the week this week far following our stellar performance at Glastonbury. Between 1964, August of 64 and May 67, Mary Wilson, Florence Ballard and Diana Ross, a.k.a. The Supremes, starting with Where Did Our Love Go, scored, listen to this, 10 number one singles in the USA and all of them also made their mark in the UK in the top 42. Diana Ross was the lead singer and most prominent of the trio. And when the group's manager sacked Ballard in July 67, he recruited Cindy Birdsong as her replacement and renamed them Diana Ross and the Supremes. Diana remained with the Supremes until 1970 when she struck out in a solo career with her debut solo album simply called Diana Ross, which became a massive success including this song I play today.
Yes, Mr. Anna Ross, my artist of the week with our very first solo number one, Ain't No Mountain High Enough. And I'll have another cracker from Diana tomorrow and more about her round about this time on Late Lunch. We head to our final break of the afternoon. Fred's head is cold. Find out all about it next. Fred Murray returns to Late Lunch, but mine is something very special and precious to him. Hello again, Fred. Jerry, how are you? Good to talk to you. Good to chat to you again. Well, the legendary comb-over is gone. It's gone forevermore, amen. Tell our listeners, remind us, how long was it in the making? Two years and eight months. I started on the f- uh, about the 25th of October 2019. Mm. And I uh, it reached finally reached the uh, barbershop floor uh, on last Friday. And for a very, very special reason. Can I congratulate you? A little oh, birdie tells me that you have raised, with the removal of the comb-over, €21,000 yeah. plus. Exactly, yeah. There's still a couple of uh, promises of donations to come in, but yeah, we're, we're kind of over 21000 at this stage, so... Avian's yeah, Pink Tide, the main beneficiary? Um, well, it's half and half, half split between Avian's Pink Tide and... Um, at the Harl's Cross Hospice. Oh, yes. In, yes. Uh, near Harl's Cross, yeah. Yeah, well done to you. That's yeah. uh, money that will be welcome on both counts for sure. Yeah, How absolutely. does it feel? Are you cold? <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, I am. Uh, the, you know, the Irish summer hasn't quite kicked off yet. No. So, um, it's, yeah, the other day, I was all delighted, looking forward to going into work. Uh, in the morning, I had to wear my hat because it was just so cold mm. on the bike. So, yeah, mm. kind of very deflating, but... Yeah, cold at night time when I go to bed and then cold walking around. It's kind of, I feel the wind <laughs> blowing over over the top of my dome uh, <laughs> like never before. So it, it, it's a bit of getting used to, but I'm glad. The burden of long strands of kind of rotten pieces of hair dangle off the side of one of my head is... Uh, is uh, long gone and I'm grateful for it. Consigned to history at this stage. Have you yeah. much other hair in, in that region of your crown? Uh, there's just kind of hair around the side. Okay. The side hair, you know. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know, like like bald men of, of yesteryear um, who kind of kept it short without cutting it too short. Yes. You know what I mean? We yeah. get the picture and we're all picturing yeah. it in our mind's eye for sure. Uh, can I take it that the comb is for sale. Uh, no, my mum actually saved a piece of it. Right. Um, so yeah, maybe we could we could auction it off. But yeah. would anyone really want such a horrible thing? No, probably no. no, 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 no. No, you're right. Your your mother is the thing. I remember my own late mother. She had little locks in me hair. Me first curl, and she kept exactly. it forever. Fred, you're a little past the baby stage for the mammy keeping it. I am, yeah. I think she does actually have locks of my hair from when I was a, <laughs> a child does. as well. But, um, <laughs> she does. Yeah, well, she can add this one too. Yeah, yeah. yeah I it's think kind that's of the same colour as well. Remark. There you go. Good on you. Well, keep off. keep it in the family. And what about the uh, thing with the teeth in it that you use to pull through it every day? Are you disposing of the comb itself? The comb itself, uh, yeah, went straight into the bin, and uh, I have bought two of them actually. So um, yeah, they're both gone. I lost one, so mm. yeah. The, the actual the tortoiseshell comb I had in my breast pocket is uh, now consigned to history as well. Ah, oh, it really is a watershed time for you, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's w- wonderful. W- 
would you would you even I know you say it's gone and you're glad it's gone at this stage is that it it's something you've done in your life it's served its purpose never to be yeah. grown again I take it is it no I kind of leave my life back I've been uh, <laughs> I was single when I started this campaign and would you believe it Jerry I still am oh oh, yeah, oh. it wasn't exactly the conduit uh, for um, uh, enticing uh, the opposite sex uh, my direction so yeah, I was quite shocked by that, actually. I thought ah, it had the opposite effect. I thought the producers of Love Island would have been on to you for sure to say, yeah. Fred, you're our boy. These ladies need you in your comb over. No. Exactly. Yeah, I thought the bravery would have went down well, <laughs> which it did, but not in the kind of in one of the ways I'd hoped. But, uh, uh, anyway, but, now that I'm uh, back to being bald uh, and uh, acceptable in society, so... Um, you know who knows what's going to happen to me. Watch this space. Watch, Watch this, this space. space Fred yeah. Murray is back on the scene and looking for love, and his comb over is gone, and he's yeah. a lovely smooth head that you can just oh, caress yeah. at night, noon, and morning, whatever you want to do. Anyway, <laughs> twenty-one thousand plus is a huge yeah. achievement on a serious note, and what you've yeah. done for both of those charities, I have to say to you, is fantastic. You're to be congratulated. It, t- it took a bit of time to get there, but you got there in the end. A long time, yeah. And I mean, the goal was twenty-five grand, but yeah. you're know, nearly there. One thousand will do me. Yeah, you know, the thing will be open for another couple of weeks, and then I'll just whatever's then I'll just divide up then amongst the two charities. Just remind, last reminder: where can people throw a few euro in just to try and push nearer that well, target? If the good people of Loud and Mead want to donate, they can go to well, you'd have to kind of go to GoFundMe.com yeah. and just search for Come Over for Cancer. Okay, that's it. And and the, we're well. I, I'd highly recommend any bald man to grow Come Over to to uh, feel the wind in his hair once more and, um, <laughs> and see what it's like with their own eyes. And then after that, buy a cap and hopefully there's a better Irish summer whenever you do it. Get the timing right on that one. Fred, you're Absolutely. a legend. Well done to you. I just wanted to Thank congratulate you, you and acknowledge Thanks, what you've done. Thanks a million for joining Appreciate me. Appreciate it. Okay, take, take it care. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. 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 What a great guy he is and that's uh, a nice way to finish off late lunch today. Tomorrow, Dennis Leonard from Dunboyne College. He knows everything about education and of course the CAO and beyond leaving Certes joining us on the show looking forward to chatting to him again and you know those jars you have in your fridge with the sauces in them and the ketchups and that we're going to be having a bit of fun with this tomorrow on the show so check your fridge for those jars this evening will you look at the dates in them and think about them little bit of homework for you to get you off social media be less time on that app See you tomorrow at half one. Eddie Ho- Eddie uh, Eddie Caffrey's on his way with the drive. Here is Mr. Niall Horan to take us into the drive with Eddie Caffrey on your station, LMFM. Lunch with Blackstone Motors Opal, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Discover the all-new Opal Mocha, featuring Opal's iconic new signature visor, stunning Opal Pure Panel and a choice of petrol, diesel or fully electric. The new Opal Mocha is less normal, more Mocha. Visit BlackstoneMotors.ie Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlingbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.